1975, Welsh singer Tom Jones released his 20th studio album, and the second single from that release was the album's title track, Memories Don't Leave Like People Do. This recording was produced by famous Motown singer-songwriter Johnny Bristol, who co-wrote the track as well as released his own version of it just one year earlier. But to find the origin of Memories Don't Leave Like People Do, we have to back up even further, because Bristol co-wrote the track with Jerry Butler, who recorded and released his own version of the song first in 1973. The song would more or less go dormant after this string of releases in the 1970s. But some 20 years later, a portion of the track would unexpectedly resurface on a diss track by Jamaican dancehall artist Beanie Man. What a long, strange trip this song took, from the early R&B tones of Jerry Butler, to the Motown sounds of Johnny Bristol, to the robust baritone of Tom Jones, to the dancehall vibes of Beanie Man. Still, the song's journey doesn't end here, because some 20 years later, Kanye West would resurrect Beanie Man's rendition for the second-to-last track of Yeezus. More than a simple sample for aesthetic purposes, the well-traveled song Memories Don't Leave Like People Do represents one of the last major plot points in the Yeezus narrative, and in my opinion, is one of the most brilliant uses of a sample in Kanye's entire catalog. From Spotify, I'm Cole Kushner, and this is Dissect, long-form musical analysis broken into short, digestible episodes. Today, we continue our serialized examination of Kanye West Yeezus with its penultimate track, Send It Up. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Last time on Dissect, we examined Yeezus's eighth track, Guilt Trip. The song began as a somber continuation of Blood on the Leaves, where the fallout from a relationship resulted in Yeezus being torn in two by warring emotions. 
On the surface, he embodies an egotistical alpha male persona, but beneath that is a well of vulnerability full of pain, loneliness, and longing. It's the tension between these two conflicting sides that makes up most of the album's central conflict. In Guilt Trip, that clash between vulnerability and ego reverses its paradigm. While the ego is still present, it loses its commanding grip on Yeezus, which allows him to actually confront and work through his emotions. When Kid Cudi sings, If you love me so much, then why'd you let me go? It's somber and mournful, but ultimately cathartic. On some level, it almost feels like Yeezus is asking himself this question. In putting on his mask of alphaness, he's lost sight of who he is and the good he can do as a celebrity. Ultimately, if he wants to find the right woman and spark that social revolution so present at the beginning of the album, he needs to be better to himself first and foremost. And for Yeezus, this means resisting his inclination to bury his pain in fast women and drugs, everything the allure of the limelight promises. It's time he finally decides between the short-term or the long-term, temptation or conservation, indulgence or transcendence, up or down. This final challenge takes the form of the album's next track, the subject of our episode today, Send It Up. We can send this bitch up, it can go down. We can send this bitch up, it can go down. We can send this bitch up, it can go down. We can send this bitch up, it can go down. Send It Up was produced by Kanye West, Daft Punk, Gesaffelstein, and Brodinski, with additional production by Arca and Mike Dean. The track begins with a riff composed by French electronic artist Gesaffelstein. This riff bears a striking resemblance to Gasafelsine's 2013 track, California. But as we're going to hear throughout this episode, Send It Up is most similar in both sound and theme to the album's opening track, On Sight. We hear that similarity sonically straight away in the main synth riffs of both tracks. Both songs were produced in part by Daft Punk, both songs are in the key of A minor, and both feature a dissonant synth riff centered around the minor second interval. As a refresher, here's Onsite's main riff. When we broke this riff down, we heard how its bass notes oscillate between an A and a B flat. The riff then suddenly jumps way high up from this bass register to hit a single high A, which falls on an upbeat. Both the minor second interval and an unexpected jump to a high A are also heard in the main synth riff for Send It Up. It begins with a succession of minor second intervals followed by a high A on an upbeat. These subtle but meaningful similarities in the song's main synth riffs are the first of many connections between On Sight and Send It Up, something we'll keep in mind as we begin to dissect the song's lyrics. Send It Up opens with the final Jamaican artist we'll hear on the album. This time it's the dancehall artist Beanie Man and the remix of his 1995 song, Memories. These opening words, Reliving the Past, Your Loss, set the stage for what is about to unfold on Send It Up. When Yeezus begins rapping later in the track, we'll realize he's back in the same club we found him in on on site, 
where he was at his most indulgent and nearsighted. The Beanie Man sample, acting as a kind of narrator, brilliantly makes clear up front the troublesome road Jesus is traveling down. At this point in the album, we know this is a lifestyle that tore him apart in more ways than one, so we fear what's about to happen as the track continues. Rockstar bitch call me Elvis M.O.B. she call me selfish Success got him jealous Shorty's killing while I'm drilling Tattoos. Capturing more of that sense of past Yeezus, Kanye has rapper King Louie delivered the song's first verse. Like Chief Keef, Assassin, and Pop Camp before him, King Louie as a character seems to represent the hyperbolic persona Yeezus displays to make himself look stronger than he truly feels. Louie opens the verse, rock star bitch call me Elvis. This plays off Elvis Presley and his nickname, the King of Rock and Roll, a clever reference to the King and King Louie. Straight away, the arrogance is reminiscent of the same attitude Jesus displayed on On Sight, where he was at the top of the mountain, King of the House of Sin. Louis continues, M.O.B., she call me selfish. M.O.B. is slang for money over bitches, which is a mindset that would obviously create friction in a relationship. He reduces this woman's concerns over his priorities to nothing more than, quote, success got him jealous. This degree of coldness towards and dismissal of women is again in line with Yeezus during his on-site days. Louis then follows that up with, Shorty killing while I'm drilling. Shorty is slang for both a girlfriend and a young gang member, while drilling could either mean having sex or refer to drill rap, which was in 2013, a popular movement in Chicago hip-hop sparked by Chief Keef. So on one hand, Louis could be describing having sex with a girl, or he could be contrasting his success in the rap scene against those who became involved in Chicago's gang life. The next line would seem to confirm that on some level, King Louis is indeed talking about street life. Dropped out first day of school Cause niggas got cocaine to move I be going hard, I got a name to prove Killing them, her name hot, make the pain improve We can send this bitch up Louis continues the verse, Tattoos, how they break the news Tattoos commemorate gang members who pass away Thus they serve as a sort of news headline About someone in the community's death We then get the line, It was real if you made the news as a shorty, you're looking to work your way up the ranks, and killing a notable figure whose death made the news is one way to do so. On the other hand, if you are big enough that your death during a shooting resulted in evening news, that means you achieved notoriety as a gang member. While the shorty kills, Louis drills, and as their success is gauged by making the news, so is his. Louis then transitions from the streets to the sheets. He says, last night my bitches came in two, and they both suck like they came to lose. This transition is fitting given the double entendre of Shorty from earlier. Louis describes having a threesome, playing off a losing team sucking to refer to the women's ability to give him head. They came to lose is also a double entendre as his bitches came or orgasm simultaneously. Louis pivots again back to the streets, rapping, dropped out the first day of school because N-words got cocaine to move. Channeling Kanye's own dropout spirit, this establishes that while Louis was at one time a Shorty himself, he has transcended the streets to succeed in the world of music. He concludes the verse with the declaration of his work ethic and desire to raise his profile. I be going hard, I got a name to prove. Killing him, honey, how I made the pain improve. Now he's the one killing, except he's doing it as a rapper. Honey, how I made the pain improve gets at the idea of putting sweetness on something bitter, 
and seems to relate to Louis's work ethic being the way he escaped the streets. But given that he used killing to describe having sex earlier, he could be referring to using sex as the honey he pours over his wounds, which would be a fitting summary of the lifestyle Jesus has led after his heartbreak. We can send this bitch up, it can go down. We can send this bitch up, it can go down. We can send this bitch up, it can go down. We can send this bitch up, it can go down. For the song's refrain, Louis repeats, We can send this bitch up, it can go down. This will come to have multiple meanings as the song progresses. But here, after Louis's verse, it builds on the street mentality displayed there. To send it up means to get violent, as in, when I see him, I'm going to send it up. So the refrain is simply Louis's version of, we can fight, it can happen. This once again speaks to the energy of on site. Both it and send it up derive their name from phrases which, at their core, refer to fighting. A fuzzy bass synth comes in midway through the refrain, adding to the grimy, harsh environment of the track. Pay attention to the notes this synth plays, as it cleverly relates to what King Louis says on the hook. This bass synth begins by playing these two notes. The first note jumps up higher to the second note, this same jump is then repeated a few times and relates to the send it up lyric of the hook. But then as the riff continues, that second note changes. It gets lower and lower. The counter descending line relates to the it can go down lyric of the hook. So this bass riff encompasses both the up and down directions of the refrain which makes it all the more fitting that King Louis returns over the synth line. Overall, King Louis' verse and refrain captures Beanie Man's cryptic warning of reliving the past, again highlighting the inherent tension of the song. Will Yeezus backslide to his previous behavior? Will he ascend or descend? Will he go up or down? We'll find out right after the break. Welcome back to Dissect. Before the break, we heard King Louis deliver Send It Up's first verse and refrain. Once again, Kanye has used a guest artist to embody the mask of machismo the Yeezus character wears, and we wonder whether or not our hero will send it up and return to his old self-destructive ways. As Yeezus enters the track for his only verse, we get our answer straight away. This the crazy shit in the club. Sis in the club. It's so packed I might ride around on my bodyguard back like Prince in the club. She said, Jesus makes clear he isn't done reliving the past. For the first time since On Sight, we're back in the club where the album started. Jesus raps, this is the craziest shit in the club since In the Club. This is a meta reference to Send It Up being the craziest song played in the club since 50 Cent's smash hit In the Club. Kanye's lines could also just be a description of Yeezus at the club, that his presence has caused a scene as wild as In the Club did back in 2003. On On Sight, when Yeezus pulled up to the club and parked his Benz, he got the bitch shaking like Parkinson's. He got what he wanted, who he wanted, and when he wanted it. It was behavior that felt straight out of 50 song. 
The verse's next lines clearly put us in the nightclub. It's so packed I might ride around on my bodyguard's back like Prince in the club. Prince's bodyguard was famously 6 foot 8 tall, while Prince was just 5'3". And indeed, there's video footage of the bodyguard giving Prince a piggyback ride to the stage. This would be the kind of bombastic and absurd behavior we'd expect from Yeezus back on on-site. In fact, with the Prince reference, we can draw yet another direct connection to on-site as it was there that Yeezus talked about abusing a couch with his Timberland. As we discussed in our analysis of this line, this is a reference to a famous Chappelle Show sketch where Charlie Murphy tells an odyssey about his relationship with Rick James. Five minutes into the story, Murphy describes how Rick James showed up to a party at his brother Eddie's house with dirty boots on. Without any regard, James proceeded to grind his feet on a brand new couch. It's no coincidence that Prince was parodied in an equally famous Chappelle show sketch, also narrated by Charlie Murphy. They came over where we was at. Prince started talking to my brother. Hello, Eddie Murphy. Prince, what's up? I'm a big fan of your comedies. Ooh, that's hot, Prince. Would you like to come to my house and listen to some music? In this sketch, Dave Chappelle portrays Prince wearing a purple Zorro-type outfit. He dances ridiculously, speaks in an absurdly measured tone, and plays basketball like he's in a video game. Everything about Prince in this sketch, just like everything about Rick James in the other sketch, is extra. Dave Chappelle portrays both of these celebrities' funniest traits and reduces the men to silly caricatures. Kanye brings that same hyperbole to Yeezus' absurd behavior whether it's stomping his black Tims into the couch or riding on his bodyguard's back through the club. While the Yeezus character might feel empowered by these actions, we as an audience, knowing their context, recognize the absurdity. The verse continues with Yeezus having a conversation with a woman who requests that he use his celebrity status to get her friends into the club. Yeezus treats this woman callously, equating her friends to his car, meaning they can all wait their asses outside. Yeezus then continues his misogynistic behavior, rapping, When I go raw, I like to leave it in. When I wake up, I like to go again. Going raw, of course, refers to having unprotected sex, which can lead to unwanted pregnancies. This recalls the fourth verse of Blood on the Leaves and Kanye's ruminations about how women trap men by getting a baby from them, leading to, quote, unholy matrimony. Despite now recognizing this dynamic, Yeezus indulges anyway. And the idea of waking up and going again gets at the lust, recklessness, and unhealthy relationship with sex that's controlled much of our hero's behavior over the course of the album. As the verse continues, there seems to be yet another callback to a previous track. He raps, When I go to work, she gotta call it in. She can't go to work, same clothes again. His work is having sex, forcing her to call in sick to her actual job. This recalls the song I'm In It when Yeezus proclaimed, Tell your boss you need an extra hour off, and later, picked up where we left off, I'm gonna need you home when I get off. Recall in this song that Yeezus was escaping into a woman after being rejected by his ex. Here we find him returning to a similar destructive pattern as he literally relives the past. The line, can't go to work, same clothes again, refers to the proverbial walk of shame and wearing the same clothes as the day before after a night of sex. 
But the line also points to the transformation that occurs when this woman crosses the threshold from her life to his. She can't go to work wearing the same clothes as before. She needs an upgrade. Maybe a $2,000 bag, some Alexander Wang, a different kind of textile, like reptile. With that set up, the verse then ends in a heightened, poetic place. Jesus says, and her heart colder than the souls of men, Louis Vuitton on her toes again, tight dress dancing close to him. Countless times on this album, Kanye has had Yeezus focus on the dehumanization that occurs between men and women because of materialism. With one line, he encapsulates just how brutal both genders can be. The souls of men are cold, and because of that, the hearts of women grow even colder. It's a race to absolute zero. Christian Louis Vuitton is an expensive footwear brand this woman brandishes as she dances close to him. It recalls grinding in a club, but the visual gains dimension coming after the line about cold souls and Louis Vuitton. As Jesus said on On Sight, everyone wants to live at the top of the mountain. Everyone wants material possessions and the limelight. It's through Jesus this woman gets closer to the top of the mountain, and she's got the designer shoes to prove it. And it's because of this woman that Jesus also rises, except the irony is that his rise doesn't refer to fame. This cold woman in the tight dress, her proximity and grinding has given him an erection, as he proclaims, Jesus just rose again. Both Blood on the Leaves and Guilt Trip had shown Jesus come to terms with his broken heart, misadventures, bad behavior, and bad attitude. Finally able to put aside his ego, Jesus seemed to have reached a point where he was okay with vulnerability. He didn't have to hide everything behind the mask of an untouchable superstar. In other words, Kanye West didn't need to be Jesus anymore. But now all that progress seems to have been in vain, as our hero resurrects the disastrous persona we know ultimately leaves his life in chaos. At this point in the album, hearing Jesus just rose again and witnessing his antics in the club is like watching a movie about a drug addict who, after turning his life around, resorts to using again. Despite the character feeling good because he's high, for us, the audience, it's sickening and painful to watch. This idea of Jesus rising again, of course, plays on the idea of Jesus' resurrection. After being crucified on a cross, the Bible details how Jesus came back to life a mere three days later. But where Jesus' resurrection changed the world, Jesus is purposely the opposite. Kanye reduces the Jesus persona to nothing more than his penis. It's an acknowledgement that his desire for gratification has come to define him. He's embodied 50 Cent's iconic refrain from In the Club, I'm into having sex, I ain't into making love, so come give me a hug if you're into getting rubbed. It also recalls yet another line from On Sight, where Jesus proclaimed, a monster about to come alive again. That line was followed by descriptions of Jesus doing monstrous things in the club, where Jesus just rose again, punctuates the monstrous behavior displayed throughout the verse. Jesus has allowed his most primal and basic instincts to take the wheel and drive. He's once again 500 and out of control, which is crushing now knowing all he really wanted in his heart was to settle down. And so now when King Louis comes back in with the refrain, it carries an entirely new meaning. The subtext of, we can send this bitch up, it can go down, is no longer about fighting. Now it's about Jesus' dick. It's about sex and the same old behavior that's plagued him up to this point. Just like we heard on I'm In It and other songs on the album, 
Ego and aggressiveness is interchangeable with sex and indulgence for Yeezus. Both actions comprise the mask he wears to protect himself from his pain. And then, as the song continues into a brief musical interlude, we get perhaps the most blatant callback to on-site of the entire track. Here we get a simple distorted drum beat with a distinct high synth hit. There's a few things about this high synth note that I want to point out. First, the note it's playing is a high A. Second is the placement of this high A, that is, where it falls in the beat. It's heard on the upbeat between beats 3 and 4. As I play the excerpt, I'm going to count on the downbeats, and notice how the synth doesn't align with my count. Rather, it sounds in between 3 and 4. 1, 2, 3, 4. 1, 2, 3, 4. Okay, so we have two distinct features of this distorted synth. The note it plays, which is a high A, and where it's played, which is on an upbeat. Now let's compare this with what we hear on on-site. Just like Send It Up, we get a simple distorted drumbeat paired with a grimy synth. The hallmark of the synth riff is the high note it plays. Again, just like Send It Up, this distinct high note is an A, and it's also played on the upbeat. To make the similarity between the two tracks more obvious, I'm going to isolate that high A heard on on-site. Now let's slow this down to the tempo of Send It Up. And now Send It Up. Perhaps if this were just an isolated similarity between the two songs, we could chalk it up to coincidence. But I think we've now discovered more than enough evidence that Send It Up is meant to serve as a reflection of on-site especially given that Send It Up begins with that sample talking about reliving the past. And fittingly, Beanie Man comes back on the track once again singing about things that have happened before. Beanie Man sings, Memories don't leave like people do. They always remember you, whether things are good or bad. It's just the memories that you have. As we mentioned at the top of this episode, this is an interpolation of a 1974 song called Memories Don't Leave Like People Do by Jerry Butler. Memories Don't Leave Like People Do finds Butler lamenting over a woman he loved who left him. He compares the reliability of memories to the unreliability of people. Later in the song, he sings, But I find joy in all the pain. Though your body is gone, the soul remains. The question is why did you have to leave? You could have been as faithful as a memory. In the hands of Beanie Man in his track, the meaning of the lyrics of memories are flipped as they become a part of a diss track aimed at Beanie Man's rival, Bounty Killer. Bounty Killer was known to refer to historical figures from the American Wild West, 
So Beanie Man uses the memories lyrics to call out the fact that Beanie Hunter needs to stop living in the past. What was originally a tender sentiment about a past love is flipped into an insensitive taunt aimed at a rival. And so, like we've discovered so many times on this album, Kanye captures the two warring personalities that define the Yeezus character in a single sample, while simultaneously giving additional context to the function of the current song and how it displays Yeezus living in the past. On one hand, we know that Yeezus has been scarred by a woman, just like Jerry Butler. This emotional baggage causes him to wear a mask of machismo and indulge in the nightclub life, to act more like Beanie Man in his use of the memories lyrics. Yeezus keeps reliving the past to escape the memories of the past. It's an enclosed cycle he can't seem to break out of on his own. Like we've talked about throughout this episode, the similarities of On Sight and Send It Up portray Yeezus caught in this destructive cycle. Looking back on On Sight, Yeezus truly felt empowered and impressive, invincible. But little by little, song after song, that image crumbled, and we recognized his behavior to be motivated by an underlying pain that's hidden behind his mask. So when we get to send it up and Yeezus, quote, relives the past, it allows us to reflect on the difference between the beginning of the journey and the end. Whereas antics in the club seemed empowering before, when we see him now back in the club, pulling the same shit, it's no longer fun. It's extremely sad. Like an alcoholic who convinces himself to have just one drink, we know where this road goes. And we know that Jesus knows where this road goes too, but he can't help himself. He's unable to escape on his own. We all know he needs to move on to something better, but how? Or better yet, who? Reliving the past. <laughs> Conclusions. In most stories that utilize the classic storytelling formula, The Hero's Journey, the story's protagonist faces a seemingly insurmountable obstacle near the very end of the story. Often the hero will come close to death, only to be resurrected by something or someone who gives them the last burst of energy and inspiration they need to finally overcome and defeat whatever person or thing that nearly killed them. This is the ninth stage of the hero's journey known as the resurrection stage, and metaphorically acts as the death and rebirth of the hero the final step in their transformation. In The Matrix, we see this play out very clearly. Throughout the film, the protagonist Neo is in conflict with the villain, Agent Smith, the most terrifying and powerful of the Matrix policing force. Agent Smith had always had the upper hand. Even with the onset of his superpowers towards the end of the film, Neo could only fight Smith to a stalemate. And at this moment of almost victory, Smith delivers a blow that seemingly kills Neo. But then Neo's love interest, Trinity, whispers into his ear that he can't be dead, that she loves him. You can't be dead. You can't be. Because I love you. Trinity kisses Neo and he resuscitates. He's resurrected. When a trio of agents fire dozens of bullets at him, he stops the bullets midair. He sees the world for the code that it is and begins to manipulate it to his desire. Agent Smith attacks, and Neo finally destroys him. At this point in the Yeezus narrative, we find our hero in similar circumstances. For Yeezus, his biggest external villain has been the limelight, the thing that stole the woman he loved, the thing that inflames his ego, the thing that gives him access to fast women, drugs, and alcohol to indulge in his most destructive behaviors. While we've witnessed an incredible amount of growth and self-realization over the course of the album, Send It Up places Yeezus in the very setting he'll be tempted the most, 
where there's potential to revert back to who he was when we first met him on on site. And the Beanie Man sample at the beginning of Send It Up makes the stakes very clear from the start. If Jesus relives his past, it's his loss. If he sends it up, it's all going to come crashing down. Unfortunately, Jesus fails the test. He falls prey to temptation, and the song plays out as a mirror image of on sight. Like Neo, he's unable to find that last bit of strength to overcome the villain. He's getting what he wants, but not what he needs. Jesus needs his trinity. He needs that restorative kiss, that someone to whisper in his ear, I love you. He needs his Kim Kardashian. Of course, this is the album's final track, Bound 2, a song we'll examine note by note, line by line, next time on Dissect. Today's episode was written by Chris Lambert, Travis Bean, and me. If you enjoyed today's episode, please tell a friend about the show or share on social media. It really helps. Theme music for the show was composed by Bureaucratic. Audio editing by Eric Bass and me. Song recreations by Andrew Atwood. Be sure to follow us on social media at Dissect Podcast. And check out our limited Season 8 merchandise on our website, dissectpodcast.com. If you want even more episodes on Kanye, listen to Season 2 of this podcast, a 16-episode analysis of my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Okay, thanks everyone. Talk to you next time.